The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Papp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. When you think back to high school science classes, do you remember the sentence that they drummed into us, matter can neither be created nor destroyed? I think that's been changed by now, but when I heard that, I thought, well, that's a very interesting thing because I grew up in Massachusetts and you have snow and then it's gone or you have water and then it's steam. Things are always changing form. I always thought that was really fascinating. Water, it can be a gas, it can be a liquid, it could be a solid. It's interesting because what's coming in today is to talk about the many forms we take, and we're just as viable. You can be burned by steam. It isn't like it's not there just because you can't feel it in a solid way. You can slide on the ice, or you can bump into an ice wall. You can make an igloo and have an ice house. There are all kinds of ways to use this one thing, this water, and it takes so many forms. We're like that. Think about it for a moment. We're out of body. We're in the ethereal plane. We're scouting. We're learning. We're with our loved ones out there. Maybe we're making a lot of decisions about where we want to be. Maybe... There's a lot of different rhymes and reasons. Soul families. How are we going to challenge ourselves? What is it we want to do? Who can we help? What challenges can we arrange for ourselves to bring out the best in ourselves? Now, that doesn't mean we go looking for something horrible. That just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But the thing is, we're out there in a more ethereal way, Rather the way that, if if we want to compare it, the way that ice or water can be steam. It's there. It's very effective. Of course, what we are when we come into body, that ethereal being is taking up residency in this very solid form. And so we get to have that form as our antenna as we walk around and we hug people and as we build things and grow things and learn how to harness energy. When you think about 
the miraculous things that we have done. And then, when the body can no longer hold, when the body is, is not in a position to hold, then the soul is released. It is still there, it is still very effective, and it is fully conscious. Now, consciousness of water, I love reading about that, the secret life of water and all of that. Water is pretty conscious. You talk to water, and then you take, you look at it under a microscope, and it shifts. If you say love, it's crystalline and beautiful. And if you look at it in a nasty way, we've read these things. These are part of science. Our thoughts affect us very similarly to how it would affect water. Of course, that's just an example of how we can share and look at it, have something visual to look at. But the deal is that our consciousness, well, it was alive well before it came into the body you're in. And those of you out of body who are listening, you know that. So you're in your body and there are people you love who are out of body. And it seems that we hear over and over in the channeling that our, our soul group, our family ties, our love ties, and even our challenging ties, that we're here to really help each other, even if we're bumping heads a little bit, hopefully just a little bit. But everyone is aligned to be able to, it's interesting, they almost, they made an example out there. One kid just yelled, it's like bumper cars out there. Yeah, sometimes it is. These kids are talking about how easy it is to communicate, how easy it is. It's energetic. You look at each other, you smile, you feel that connection. There's no hidden agenda. Everyone is in the same place, doesn't matter. It's like the old, the great equalizer, as they say, whatever you had on the physical plane, you don't take that with you. But what you do take with you <laughs> is everything that the heart expanded with all the love you shared, all the connection. And that's basically why we're here. And we're here with the illusion of lack and the illusion of, like this kid is saying, bumper cars. The biggest problem, it seems, out there, and I'm hearing them, this is channeled, of course, and I'm agreeing with it, is the lack of communication. There's a few wars going on right now. There are a lot of strange and crazy things going on right now. And I know a lot of people are focusing energy and focusing light and love to try and expand the butterfly effect. It really is true in an energetic way. One thing we have learned with being inside the body is that we can't know everything that's going on all the time out there. Some people, if you go in and out of body, you might have some access. But the thing is that when we're in the body, we're contained and we're not seeing or hearing everything that's going on out there. And so we learn a form of isolation. You know, the first time we're told, oh, stop crying, or I know a big one back in the day was stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. And I thought, hmm, you know, what are they not getting? But, you know, we've all trained each other, and it's lovely to be empathic and understand that some of the stuff that rolls down to us, well, it rolled down onto them, too. Part of this isolation is exactly what divine intended. I know that sounds very strange, but within the context 
of we're in this body, in these organisms, we need to feed ourselves and we want to feed other people and we want to be kind to other people, but we need to figure out how to take care of our physical needs, where we're going to live, all that stuff. And of course, the way the school system is, there's competition and you want to do well, it's very nice to do well. But for some people, that could be isolating. People pull back and, oh, I have to be this and I have to be that. And people start judging themselves in a manner that they don't do out of body. People aren't worried about how their hair looks and if there's something on their teeth and if their weight is okay. And yet all of these things that are going on in the physical to try and corral us to be maybe more comfortable with each other, and for some of us way more uncomfortable with each other, what is that all about? We are heart, we're soul, and yet here we are. <laughs> These kids are laughing like bumper cars. And siblings, siblings can bounce off each other in the, whole, in the same house, or they can get along and have a fabulous time. It's so very interesting because the soul agreements, what I've been learning and what's been channeled in quite a bit lately, is that there are so many soul agreements between us and we might not remember them. But you know when you, you meet someone and you feel like you've met them before, or something happens, that deja vu feeling, there's a lot of things going on. We could start talking about time warps and access to everything, because as souls, we do have access to everything. But of course, inside our packaging, we don't know that. And no, it doesn't mean you're going to know all the lottery numbers, and it doesn't mean you're going to figure out what somebody's going to do. Or It isn't so much looking into and trying to figure out what other people have going on. But there's a gut instinct that's planted inside us. And empathy. Those parts of ourselves are so much a part of the soul's knowing and the soul's knowledge. When you're with somebody who might be particularly irritating, and maybe they're the last straw. And once you're kind of past that, there might be something heartfelt where there's empathy for that person, because we're assuming that you're the one who's trying to share something or get something across. Maybe it's going the other way. But we're within the context of the mind that's trying to decide what's appropriate, it's a lot of rules and regulations, and we want to move forward appropriately. Being appropriate that way isn't something that we learn out of body. It's something we learn here. There's a lot going on in terms of coming in with an idea of what we want to accomplish, love for the people around us, even if they're going to bring us challenges. And again, we're not talking about those extremes. But sometimes we really work things out to the best of our abilities to expand and expose the parts of ourselves that our heart might be afraid of. It might not be very comfortable. But once we get through some of these things, we feel more expanded and hopefully more rock solid walking on the earth. Isn't that a conundrum? If we open up to what's above us, the soul memories the soul connections, it actually makes us stronger in our body and stronger on the earth. It isn't as if our communication with our loved ones is going to take us away or take us out of body. There's nothing scary about that. We will come home. If there's something going on and your desire is to be out there with them, 
of course, call someone immediately, a friend, someone to come and help you. The thing is, what we do know from channeling, as much as we love those who have gone out of body and as much as we feel so intensely the need to be in that same frequency to comfort them, help them, figure out what went on, it really isn't how the divine picture works. And I know we've talked about this before, but they just want to reiterate that when somebody goes out of body of their own choice, I have to add that, they end up in a setting where they're questioned, why did they go against their own breath? Why did they? Well, sometimes it's love, the desire to comfort. Intention matters a lot, but it's very important to realize, and let's take a deep breath and let's do our little mantra. We clothe ourselves in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. You know, it's an amazing thing when we do this. It's contagious. Anyone who comes into our wheelhouse, we did the wheelhouse. What, what kind of a word is wheelhouse? I kind of like that, a circular motion, a house on wheels where you just... Uh, they said they chose that word because we might be in our own house, but we've got wheels when it comes to that energy. It does affect other people, whether or not we know it. We know sometimes that we can have something going on in us, or we think about somebody and they call us. We know we're connected in so many ways that defies the mind. That's who we are. But what if it's somebody out of body? What if you can't directly hear? You're feeling like you're not seeing. What happens then? It's so important to remember that your out-of-body loved one, they're just like you. You're just still in your body. They're out of body. You were out of body before you came here. You were okay. They're okay. They're doing fine in so many ways. It's interesting. Yesterday, I channeled for someone who helped himself go out of body. He felt he wasn't in his right mind when he did it, and there were some toxicities going on with him. It wasn't fully his intention, but he kind of had, oh, he wants to come in, and he said, <laughs> I'm going to repeat exactly what he said, because he wants to inject humor into this. So he says he had a brain fart not a term I would use, but he says it was almost, okay, call it a brain burp. We, it's coming on, you don't and he wasn't even cognizant. So he talked about how his life review was not the most pleasant thing. He didn't want to look at it because he had so much shame and so much guilt because he had a family and they were devastated. His wife was not entirely surprised, but of course, young children, and it was not how he pictured things. It was not his intention. So many people, and this is so important to know, almost all, so many, so many, so many people who have helped them themselves release from the body were not in their, quote, right mind when they did it. There's usually toxicity involved or some kind of brain thing going on. He said, repeat what I said, but no, we don't need to do that. That's kind of funny. But something is going on where they're outside how their responsibility and, and their normal thinking and something happens in the gut and the adrenaline is going and sometimes people feel they're not worthy or they can't fix something. They're just so mixed up and 
so many that I channel for describe that when they're out of body, even if they did it in such a way that is so thoroughly blatant that they did it, they're shocked. And the grandma comes or, or somebody comes and you don't know how many times people report they're out of body, they don't know what happened. And they turn and they look and they, their first thought is, oh, you know, expletive, uh, I know what happened now because they've been out of body for a while. There's one situation where this happened with a young man and he was so not in his right anything that he had no comprehension of what he did, even though he did it so dramatically that a grandfather came and turned his head away so that he would not see what he had done to himself. The mom ran in and, and did see, and but he did not. And when he had so much shame and he was so upset and didn't want to look at his life review, just like the other man we were talking about, the impetus is given that we can help other people. If you help yourself and you realize, hey, you, you, know, you, do what, you did what you did, you, know, you're, you, you went against your breath, but life is everlasting. And the thing is, talk about, you know, it's interesting. They just said to come back to that science quote, which I really think they've disregarded at this point. But, you know, I'm an old lady. Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. It's interesting that the earth will sometimes reflect what's going on upstairs. It isn't about matter because it, it, all these kids yelling, yo, what's the matter? What's the matter? And again, wanting to keep it light. Smile. If you can, if it lifts the heart in whatever the circumstance, it isn't fake it till you make it, but kids are constantly trying to make their parents laugh. They say that this man yesterday at the end of the session, and it was not an easy thing for him, but he rehearsed and he was ready and he had grown. And at the end, he made a joke and his wife laughed and he said, that's still heaven to my ears. That matters to me. We have to realize when we can't see the steam, it exists. When the water is flowing and it isn't solid, oh, it is quite capable of being solid. This whole thing about what matter or what's the matter, it's really an analogy about us. We can come into the solid body, but of course, physics, how solid are we? We're made up of mostly water. We're porous. Think about that for a minute. Think about how the energy is moving through us. The blood is constantly going. Think of all the things you don't need to think about in terms of bodily function. And when you do have to think about it and you need to go in and get something fixed or you have a scare or you focus on something to help heal yourself, it's amazing what our intention can do. And usually we're just taking our wellness or our ability to go about our business for granted. There's sense to that because when we're out of body, we're not worried about those things. So while we're in body, we want to take care of that body and we want to nurture that body and we want to make it as okay as it can be because we're inside here looking out, but it's the soul looking out. And again, this is something we don't worry about when we're in body, <laughs> out of body. Oh, they're funny. They're going too fast. I malaprop, like I say. We don't worry about it when we're out of body. The reason I malapropped is they were already on to the next concept. When we're in body and realize 
when we're young, we get hungry, we get this, we get that, somebody hits us, we're just like, the kid is like grabbed a toy. We start to feel a lot of feels and we realize, hopefully, with empathy that if we are feeling these things, then others feel these things as well. And that's where reciprocity gets hatched on the physical plane. Now, out of body, everything is right there. Nothing is really hidden. For people who like to fly around during the night and have visited, they call it the Akashic Records and the Celestial Libraries, there are a lot of archangel levels of beautiful things. For people who have an inkling or remember, it's accessible to everybody. It is. Of course it is. Our job here is to learn with each other. But we have access. I realized a long time ago, we can tap into our higher whatever that's always dancing up there. So here's the thing. We have this magnificent gift of our soul that really knows everything that's going on. It knows the whole story. It knows that love is everything. It knows that energy is everything. It knows that compassion and love is all that needs to exist because we can't be hurt out there. The people who are hurting out there are the ones who are coming back from being in body and looking at a life review and realizing they really weren't aligned fully with their intention. Well, that's fine. How do you do? But how do you do? That's really how it works. We have the opportunity, if we didn't get it right, think of the intention. Somebody is told how to be, how to be a good person, and they want to please the people who are teaching them that. Then they realize maybe those rules aren't good, and they didn't share their emotion, and they became very strong so that they wouldn't have to. Helping in ways the intention can be magnificent, and sometimes we can leave the most important and sensitive parts of ourselves behind and move forward. We talk about the greatest generation. It feels like I think every generation is pretty great for a whole lot of reasons. And I really love how we're into a new year now. And we look at what we've learned and we like to take stock. It's so interesting to understand that what we want to do here, it really vibrates with our soul's frequency. But then all of the input that's come in, all of the things that have come in, it isn't that it certainly changes our good intentions, but what we think is the right thing to do can change. So many people, older generation, you know, older, older than me, the one behind us, so many people were taught, especially men, to provide, and that's how they showed their love, and they clammed up, and the, you know, the emotions were left to the women. And again, I don't mean to make a blanket statement, but you know, you ride the tide of things going on, and it's just an example. I've realized through channeling that even the things that we do not like, prejudices and all these things that we can't tolerate and we need to heal, sometimes, we've said it before, daddy says something, somebody says something, and the little kid looks up and repeats it, gets a nice pat on the head. You know, it's so much nicer to have love in common. But if there's disdain or even hate in common, it can still be a bonding thing. And it's still the kid looking for love without the understanding that they're going against their own soul's nature.
So one of the very beautiful things that happens during the life review is that, well, first, oh, the guy um, who went out of body and left his family that I was talking about, you don't want to look at that life review. You do not. You know what you did, even if you didn't plan or didn't intend it or didn't, I wasn't in my right mind. And I was resistant. What, what good is that going to do? But they're tricky, 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 because um, if you take yourself out of body, you can't take yourself out of soul. You can go into an unconscious setting and they will wait patiently. But those tricksters, as we've said before, you can help them. If you look at it, you can help them. He wants to share something. He learned that he had a, a cruel upbringing. A lot of it was patterning and what came in, but he also had some wiring issues. And it seemed as if he sometimes lacked empathy. But the problem was that he came to understand once he was out of body was that he lacked empathy, not just for the other humans in, around him, but for himself. It wasn't that he withheld emotion from those he loved. He withheld it from himself. And when he learned this, he realized he wasn't trying to starve out his family. That was the byproduct of what was happening, of what he did to himself. And he still had shame, and he was upset. Why couldn't I break through this? Why couldn't I show more? And he loves his kids, and he wanted to show more. And basically, what came in was that they showed him when he was a child. And he wasn't handled correctly. He wasn't bonded with correctly. And it was a little bit violent there. And so he compartmentalized and realized, I will never hurt. I, I want babies and I'm never going to hurt them. I'm never going to hurt them. What a beautiful intention. But he locked up a piece of himself because he never worked it through. And he never really had anyone to form a bond with and to model after. So he's trying to do the right thing and trying to do the right thing. And he's having knee-jerk reactions from his childhood shutting down and realizing when he gets really scared to be inside himself that he will remove himself. And so the family got used to, if he can't be right there and doing something, he would remove himself or slam a door or whatever was going on. And he was doing it to protect them because he knew it was something raging inside himself, but of course it wasn't interpreted that way. So he's still upset. He's still upset. And he's watching these people be cruel to him when he's a child in his life review. And he's thinking, I love my children so much. I didn't do that. I didn't, I wasn't okay, but I didn't do that. And he's held so gently and he begins to understand who he is, the part of himself that was able to maintain what his soul wanted. And then he's looking at his parents and saying, oh my, how, how could they do that? I know what love of a child is, and I might not have been able to give what I wanted to, but I didn't physically Berate, hurt them and berate them. I, I couldn't do that. My heart couldn't do it. And then he's shown the parents when they're very, very small and the abuse that happened there. And of course, they ran from it. They didn't do the work that was needed to 
examine and understand and let go of. And what happens so often in a situation like this is when somebody doesn't have someone that they'd like to model after and it's very volatile around them, they either take on those patterns or even more so when there's conscience that understands and knows they don't want to be like that. And sometimes it can be the nurture and sometimes it's the wiring itself. And in this person, it was some of both. And that happened. But the thing is that in the life review, once he understood what was happening to himself and wanting to hug that little guy, they showed his parents and the abuse that happened there. And what happened with them, it was a lot more extreme. They also swore that they would not do this to anyone else, you see. But they compartmentalized it. And they stuffed it, basically. And they functioned. They were very high-functioning in terms of they worked and talked and could go to a party. And yet the heart never processed. All that pain was in there. So they're repressing their pain, repressing the behavior that, the only behavior they have to model after. And something, he says, let me just tell you, let it be in my words, he says. You go, and he says, he went, expletive, you don't know what end is up sometimes. You really don't know what end is up. The divine conspiracy is to help us expand and understand. And everything that happens to us here matters. And as we've discussed before, the soul holds the memory. We channel people. They're not holding their brain in their hands. The soul holds all of it and has access to it. Now, the brain is this lovely computer, this wonderful tool that helps us. Adrenaline, wonderful. Fight and flight, great. We needed all these tools to be in a body. The adrenaline can sometimes take us to where we just don't know where we want to be. And that's when it's time to stop and take a deep breath. It might sound so convoluted at times to understand. It's interesting. It's almost beyond words. They're talking about in that channeling space, that vibrational space where our out-of-body loveys are, the loveys that are coming in, the babies that we're waiting for who surprise us. They don't make surprises. They know what they're doing. There's a lot more going on out there, but we might think we have surprises. But babies that come in, of course we all have that intention of figuring it all out and loving everybody. And then the first time a kid takes a toy truck and truck, you know, they don't even want to talk about it. Again, they're making me malaprop. But the first time a kid at preschool or first grade takes a toy and bops someone on the head and the kid turns and that little fire comes up, well, that fire is there. It's there. And it can be passion. We're allowed passion. Passion to help each other. Passion to help others when there's an indignity inflicted upon them. Passion with love. When that great passion with love. When our loved one leaves the body and changes form. The analogy of the ice melts and it becomes water. Or maybe it's steam. When that changes, they are still here. That element, the water, it knows what it is. It doesn't have to think about it. But it goes from steam to water. Whatever is going on around it, it reacts to it. But it's not gone. And it's still 
incredibly effective in any form. And we might prefer one form over another. When we're in body, we want our loved ones in body. But if we're going to have children, they're out of body before they come in. If we want to have children and they come in through a different pathway, there's so much consciousness, but they're also still changing form. They can change form at somebody else and then be delivered to you with you being the sole family that, or the sole person that they designed to go to the entire time. Sometimes souls take on something else and bless another family and work something out and teach and learn, but they know what they're doing. So there's so much consciousness in the water and the steam and the ice. There's so much consciousness in us as we're walking around, and we can distract, and we can play with our brain, and we can just bask in the trees and feel the vibration, and we can play with all these forms of ourselves, because while we're rock solid, as solid as a human can be, in our bodies, acknowledging everything that we are, we are nothing less than they are. So when they're out of body, how they affect us, how we affect them is very, very important. And as we've already learned from divine consciousness, the key to having more communication with a broader vibration is loving the vibration we're in to the best of our ability. Letting someone in, if they're dropping off some soup, we got lucky this week, somebody gave us soup. The hug, the intention, the love. Because every physical move we make is filled with intention. It could be a self-righteous intention or a righteous intention to help others. It's okay we have anger. If you see somebody hurting someone or kicking a dog, yeah, let's jump in. And then we'll be really happy. We're solid if we have to pull somebody away. But those that we love, they are no more or less, they're viable. They're just not in the body at this time. You remember being this way. You might not want to think about it. We don't like to think about sometimes when we pass. But I'll tell you something. As I'm getting older, and I'm talking to more and more older people, and I remember talking to my mother about it, and her saying, you know, more and more people are out there. She was much younger than her siblings. The whole family was out of body. And she said, you know, it's a strange thing. There's so many people here. She's grandchildren. She wants to be here. But the party is going on. And no, it shouldn't entice you to go out there. It should help you to remember that your loved one out there isn't missing anything with their loved ones. They are with them. The person I channeled this man for yesterday asked if people meet out there, if she has a new friend, and if they're talking, will their person who's coming in start talking to her person who's coming in? And they were laughing. And it's like, of course we do. Of course we do. I realized one of my favorite things to do is to channel in a group, me, Marilyn, to channel in a group of, let's say, 10, 12 people. Because I'll see the parents, the kids, whoever's around. And usually, not with my creating this, but it turns out Somehow, when groups like that happen, there seems to be a theme. It seems like just about everyone, someone just karate chopped me to the neck, they 
figure out what's the big pain in the neck for everyone and that they want to expand with, and they'll actually arrange and tap people so that they'll do it at the same time as people with something similar. And what happens is, and this is the magnificent part, somebody's mom on one side of the room, these people have never met, will start talking to a person on the other side of the room and collaborating with their out-of-body people, and they all start chatting and they're making friends. And I hear that once the group dissipates, somebody else's mom might come and check in on somebody else who is in the group. We're all in it together, and they travel at the speed of thought. We have so much connection. We have so much protection. And you can say, where was that protection when my loved one went out of body? There are things we don't know and can't explain and that we learn as we go along the way. After the mantra that I usually do before I do a session, I do more. I ask these God guides and people who are in body and out of body, and I throw in whoever else feels like they're around. And I ask to be a clear conduit and I ask that everything be in divine will. But I also threw in, help me to accept what does come in, help me to accept what does not come in. Because something might not be channeled, that sh something's going on and the person is shifting and they go outside. They take a breath and a big eureka moment happens. It is so much better for these shifts to happen that way. And so what we do for each other We've all learned in terms of the psychology thing, we can't, in quotes, fix other people. But we can reflect the beauty and the love. And we can also talk about the things that aren't okay. We can. Because another thing I've learned through channeling and that they talk about all the time, things do get resolved, even if your lovey is out of body or you're not feeling so loving and they're out of body. I've had channeling sessions where... People out of body have said, you've yelled at me and yelled at me, and I don't blame you, you can yell some more, but... And so, you know, they say the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. So when people are yelling at you out of body, you know they care about you. And they understand, and they understand the anger. Most of them do. And again, we don't want to make grand blanket statements, but all the channeling over all the years... There's something softer going on out there with the realization that, A, th there's no death. So they know they're going to see you again, and they know you're going to see them again. Imagine that not being a hypothetical. If you see and you know and you're getting signs, you know. And it's really such a blessing when you make that connection and know, because then you're aware of all the ways that they're playing with us. But the same thing out of body when they're thinking about, oh, my God, they don't, you know, kids get frustrated. They, they're bringing in signs and they want, you know, again, frustrated. They know, they know you're there. They want to help you. They want to help you. But they also know a couple of things. You will be reunited on the same vibrational level and the hugs will happen. But the other thing is they know that they're with you. They are not suffering the same way, if you want to call it suffering, they don't suffer the same way because they see you. They sit on the couch next to you. The dog barks at them. It's different for us in body. Most of us don't see them, but we can feel. And stop and think, if you have a loved one in the next room, you, you don't stop loving them because you can't see them. You love them 
heart and soul, heart and soul. The soul is still there to love. And the soul, the seed of compassion, that's there. It might not be in the physical. It's interesting, they talk out there about the heart and about the energy, and they'll use phrases that connect with ours, but they're talking about empathy, compassion, and love. And the love is there. And the love, and we already talked about the dreaded D word, the love doesn't die. You had love before you came in. And they're out there and they're learning about how to love more expansively, even if they were taught ways of making themselves smaller, pulling back. They're learning how to love expansively, even if they were afraid while they were here. And that's the love they want to shower on us without shame. So many times I hear, why didn't I say it? Why didn't I go hug them? It's scary sometimes, especially when you've been taught certain ways. So when they're out of body, they are freed up to just love us all up. And they're doing it. They're doing it. And we need to know that they're in a form that we are familiar with, and we need to honor our days. That's very important. They're all clamoring, like stomping their feet, like they're on a, on a stage. Stop, 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 stop. You want to make some noise here on the earth. You want to help other people. You have an opportunity you don't have when you're out of body. Why do you think we came here? And it's painful sometimes and really hard. We will go home. We will be together. We're always reunited. But why not recognize what's united right now? All the love we carry from having been with our loveys and the decision we sometimes have to make with our mind in order to move forward. Kids ask this very often of their parents. Well, they're saying that there's a second question they want to say first. Would you have traded me for one you could have kept longer? I've never heard a yes. Now I don't remember what the other one was. Ah, here it is. See, it's channeled. If they ain't talking, I ain't talking, right? Are you better off because we had our time together or not? And they'll say to their parents, I was out of body before I came in and you were fine. You had your life. And then I came in and we had our time. And yes, it isn't what we planned and it isn't what we wanted. But I can enjoy the things you're enjoying. I can be present. And oh my God, are they showing up in pictures like crazy? Orbs. I had green ones show up. Sarah, Sarah took a picture on my birthday, which was during the holidays. And there's green four, four hanging out. It's so amazing they are, they are with us. The question they ask their parents, are we going to be better for our time together? And that's one way that they're doing exactly what they're learning from their own life review. If I do this, it will be okay. If I go in and I learn and I watch and I expand, I can learn, the out-of-body person will think, how to best help them. And so then they ask us to do the same. Are we better for having been together? And even in the midst of pain and drama and disappointment and sorrow, 
Usually there's love there or else you wouldn't be so upset. Love is the driving factor. And so it matters. They're growing beyond whatever it is that was so hard. And we hear over and over out there that we can honor our loved one. We don't need to honor the dysfunction because out there they are not doing that anymore. They're letting it go. They're remembering who they were before they came in. They're remembering their intention and learning how to celebrate where they got that intention across, where it felt like soul-wise they were so integrated. While we're in body, let's do the same. Let's stay in body for this grand and beautiful adventure. Let's really know that they have our back. Let's know that it matters. It matters. They love us. And just like the forms of water that change, we do too. We're part of physics. We're part of nature. But we're never gone. We're here. And we travel at the speed of thought out there, just like our brain. You know how our brain travels at the speed of thought? Phone rings all of a sudden. Oh, I'm thinking of that. Oh, a book. You're reading a book. All of a sudden, something triggers another thought. When they're out of body, they hear us. It isn't like they're peeping tongs and hanging out all the time, but they travel at the speed of thought, and they're there when you need them. And usually, when you stop and go, oh, and you just get a wave of that moment, they're saying maybe 2% it starts inside you. The other 98% it's because somebody is hugging you. Hugging you. So let's allow ourselves to know how this works and the beauty of it. And even though there's so much pain, the love is greater, the expansion. Use the days wisely with joy. Let's all do what we can to be proud of ourselves, to have stories to report of how we spread the joy. We'll have so much to share when we're out there, but let's keep ourselves here, knowing that they're wrapped around us with love, intention, and even if you bumped heads sometimes, if you're working that through, and even if they're still a little bit disagreeing, it really is the love. And however long it takes, if we can do it now, why not have a happier life? We know we can do it out there, but it seems to me that a lot of this life review is coming into us now, and we have the option to align with our true purpose our true soul, and the sweetness of our intention that we came in with. That's who we are. That's who they are. Together, a whole lot of love. Until next time. Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at marilyncout.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. 
Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.